I wonder what's uh, on your mind at the moment. Perhaps these uh, wonderful carols that we've been singing. Perhaps the uh, emotive pictures that we've witnessed as we've looked back over the last year. I guess for some of us, Christmas is on our minds. My wife got up at an earthly hour yesterday morning to do as she said, Christmas, and I have no idea what she was doing. I guess some of us have in our minds excitement and anticipation for what Christmas will bring. And yet for others, there is stuff on our minds and hearts that is so real and difficult that Christmas is, in truth, the last thing on our minds. wonder if in some of your minds you're thinking, how long is this person going to speak for, and uh, what's he going to say? Is it going to be like last year, 45 minutes again? It wasn't 45 minutes last year, just a few. There are um, classic Christmas songs, and there are classic Christmas films. And there is, I think, such a thing as a classic Christmas sermon or carol service talk. It goes something like this. The title is The Real Meaning of Christmas. And the preacher, as all the best sermons have, has three points. And the first point is this. Indulging in the party spirit of Christmas. And the speaker in a gentle and engaging way so as not to get too many people's backs up, exposes all that is superficial and commercial and self-indulgent in that spirit of Christmas. And then the second point, searching for the true spirit of Christmas. Surely, the speaker says, there is more to it than all of that. And then the third point, and the punchline, finding Christmas in a manger in Bethlehem. And in our minds, I were taken to that first Christmas night and the birth of Jesus Christ in a manger, in a stable in Bethlehem, with the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and the star, the familiar nativity scene. Now, that kind of classic Christmas sermon is comforting, perhaps, and well-loved. But it is risky. Risky, maybe, in that it takes us into a realm of unreality. Now, there is comfort in unreality, for sure. But like the Christmas movie or the treasured Christmas tradition, all part of what Christmas is, but not real, not true. This year, we are gearing up for Star Wars and the Peanut movie. In previous years, we've enjoyed, amongst others, Danger in the Manger and Paddington. Paddington, though I'm convinced, was not really made for children, but for children who had grown up of a certain generation. Paddington was, I think, the first Christmas film I haven't slept through. 
Now, they're all escapism. They take us to a realm of unreality, and they're not true, apart from Paddington, who was a real bear who lived in London. And so easily, we can let the Christmas story, the Christmas message, the Christmas carol service talk slide with all of that stuff into the realm of unreality, part of a package that is comforting genuinely, but not true. The classic carol service talk might be comforting. It might also be a little patronizing for someone to suggest that you've got the wrong end of the stick about Christmas, that enjoying the spirit of the season is wrong. It is not wrong to enjoy Christmas. If anything, we don't enjoy it nearly enough. If we capture the true heart of what Christmas is, it is profoundly wonderful, a deep source of joy. So, so much for the classic Christmas sermon, good as they are, and I have preached a good many of them over the years. This year, though, something a little different. I wonder if for a few minutes we might dare to be really honest with each other, really honest about the reality of the struggles of life and fear and doubt and questions and hopes and destiny and even the big stuff of life and even death. Now, if there is a real need within us to escape reality, and I think there is certainly in me something within us that needs Christmas to come along once a year to get us through another year, something to look forward to, something that will block out for a moment real life. If there is within us a real need and desire for that, then logically, if there were an answer to the reality of life, if there were an answer to fear and loss, that was a better answer than escaping this stuff, if there was an answer to that stuff, that took it head on, would that not be reason for rejoicing and joy that perhaps we never thought was possible? But it's risky. For if the risk of the classic carol service talk is escaping from reality, the risk of facing reality, really facing reality, by the scruff of its neck, the risk is that there is no answer. And all you are left with is this. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan, earth stood hard as iron and water like a stone. Now, if that's reality and there are no answers, 
Well, you want to escape it as often as you can. It is risky facing up to reality by the scruff of its neck and searching for real answers, but let's take the risk. Now, they may come to you this year electronically as well as in the post, Christmas letters. When you get to the end of these Christmas letters, if you get to the end of these Christmas letters, and they say, a very happy Christmas, hope to meet up in 2016, you think, I don't think so. It'll be so depressing because your family is so wonderful. You know how it is, you're battling through grade four violin, unlike Sam, our violinist. And your friend's child has just signed a record deal as a 12-year-old prodigy on the violin. (laughs) Or the picture on the letter of the perfect family holiday. And you know your family holiday wasn't perfect again. Now, the truth is, these letters are rarely real. Sometimes they're honest. And when they're honest, you do read them and read them again. Now, what is the real stuff in life? Good times, yes. Good times. Great moments of joy. We saw that on the people's faces on the review. But there's other stuff. The fear of illness and death. The experience of illness and dying. The heartbreak of loss or lost love. Broken friendships. Broken families, no real fulfillment or purpose in life, no sense of security or what we thought would give us security no longer does, or just no real joy or happiness or shame or guilt or a deep concern for the state of the world. Now, that's the real stuff of life that we also saw on people's faces in the review. Real life and honesty about our lives, our fears, our doubts, our questions, our hopes, our destiny, even death. Is there an answer to the longing of the human soul? Is there hope for the world? Is there hope for humanity, for you and me? And when all is said and done, and life comes round in the end to where we know it will lead, is there hope? Is there hope in the face of death, which none of us can escape from in the end? Now listen again, and you'll see it on the screen behind me, the verse from Luke's gospel. Fear not, Luke's writes, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Luke's account of the birth, the life, the teaching, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus is eyewitness testimony of what he saw. He writes, that we might know for certainty what happened. That Jesus Christ was born in the city of David. 
when Caesar Augustus was emperor and Quirinius governor. His birth, not a story, but history. And who is Jesus? He is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus came to this earth on a rescue mission to save us. He is the Christ, the Messiah. He is the Lord. He is God. He is the one that prophets like Isaiah, hundreds of years before he was born, said one day would come. He is God in the flesh who has come to be with us in our plight as humanity to answer reality. Who is he for? Who did he come to save? All the people, Luke says. He came for everybody, which means everybody needs saving. What do we need saving from? Well, Jesus tells us that he came to save us from our sins. Sin is the rebellion in the human heart that separates us from God. Sin is the rebellion in the human heart that leads us to live independently of God. Jesus came to forgive our sins, to bring us back to God, to make peace between humanity and God. And he did it by giving his own life, by dying for us that we might be forgiven. Now, the Christian message or Christ's message or the Christmas message that we need forgiveness is provocative and is rejected by many. Sure, my heart says I'm not perfect, but I'm not all that bad. I don't need forgiven. But if we in honesty look at our hearts deep, deep, deep down before a holy, almighty God of inscrutable wisdom, what are we like? Or what right does God have to tell me that I need forgiven only if He is God? If God is real, then He alone has the right How can it be real? How can he be real? The only way you can know is by looking and considering and evaluating the evidence about Jesus' life and what he says. So read one of the Gospels, the Gospel that you were given as you came tonight. Ask the person who invited you, if you're here as their guest, to read it with you. Come to an investigating Christianity group. Don't leave it for another year. Look for yourself. In case it is true, and you may find what many others have found, that what sounds at first so provocative that it nearly stops you from looking becomes so compelling that you will stake your life on faith in Jesus. It becomes so compelling 
when you see that the Savior Jesus, who says you need forgiven, lays down his own life that you may be forgiven. It becomes so compelling when you see that Jesus was raised from death to life, that you might have life and the promise of eternal life. And personal faith in Jesus Christ becomes more precious to you than any gift you could ever have received. The source of your deepest joy and your heart resonates with the angel who says, I bring you good news of great joy, for today a Savior has been born for you. And these little words of the angel, I think, strike more power than any other words on that reading on the wall. Fear not. You no longer, with Christ as your Savior, need fear, illness, or death, for you will have eternal life. When we suffer, He is with us by His Spirit. It's real. Or the heartbreak of loss, He will strengthen and comfort you. Or broken friendships, relationships, or love lost, He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will always love you. And faith in Jesus brings fulfillment and purpose and security in life. Forgiveness takes away our shame and our guilt. And you and I can do all we can to make this a better world. But you will realize that what is needed to make this a better world is God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, changing people's hearts. So fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is the answer to the reality of life. He is a far better answer than escaping reality, because we cannot go on escaping it forever. There is profound joy in the message of Christmas. But isn't it all too good to be true? Is this just not another form of escapism from reality? But what if it is true and we never knew? Because when the moment came and they come fleetingly, when we ponder these things in our hearts, like Mary, the mother of Jesus, the moment comes. Maybe it's here now. And we stand on the edge of looking. But the moment passes, and we never look. I encourage you to make this Christmas different and to look, and to find, 
Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord.